what happens when you're so eager to read the Bible. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke chapter 21 beginning at the 25th verse. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Every day Jesus was teaching the temple, and at night he would go out and spend the night on the Mount of Olives, as it was called. And all the people would get up early in the morning to listen to him in the temple. May the words that I speak and the thoughts of all our hearts transform us into the likeness of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, um, Stuart is at Madhurabar as um, the commissioning for Reverend Andrew Schmidt, who has come to be priest in charge of Narang and Mandurabar is being commissioned into the parish at Mandurabar. A few years ago, after church one morning, a retired priest, who I know quite well, asked me randomly, Marianne, do you think Jesus will return coming in the clouds? His question took me by surprise. We had a quick chat and we decided that we held a similar view. We also agreed that there is a far more important question. Is Jesus coming again? On this first Sunday in Advent, we recognize that the coming of Christ is our hope. Advent is a season of expectation and preparation as the church prepares to celebrate the coming, the Adventus of Christ in his incarnation, that is his human birth, while looking ahead to Christ's final Advent or coming. Some would argue that the first coming of Christ was actually in creation. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. 
As Christians, we celebrate the coming of Christ each and every day as we experience the reality of Jesus Christ in our human lives and in the world. On this first Sunday in Advent, when we finally have the green light, according to Stuart, to put up our Christmas decorations, we have a reading that is essentially about what some would call the end times or the second coming of Christ, although neither of these are biblical terms. The first Sunday in Advent is also the day of the new church year, so we could say today, Happy New Year. We enter again into the cycle of seasons that holds the rhythm of our prayer and worship and our corporate reading of scripture. Throughout this year, our readings will be oriented around Luke's gospel. So with that in mind, let's set the scene for our readings over coming weeks and our reading today. Luke's primary concern is the story of salvation, God's salvation of Israel, and promised inclusion of the Gentiles. Jesus comes as saviour of the world, with the Holy Spirit playing a key role in his ministry to the lost, where the lost is every kind of marginalised person whom traditional religion puts outside the boundaries. The temple holds an important place in Luke's salvation story, and it's actually the location of today's reading. The significance of the temple is closely related to the theme of salvation, since Jerusalem is that sacred place where God's salvation was extended to Jewish people through God's presence in the temple. That is at the heart of Jewish worship. So thousands of years and kilometers from the temple, Luke's gospel prepares us for reconnecting with the Christ of Christmas once more as we journey to Jesus' birth and beyond. In our reading today, Jesus is teaching in the temple after arriving in Jerusalem after a long journey. You see, Luke established way back in chapters 1 and 2 that Jesus emerges out of Israel's history and flags that Jesus belongs in the temple since he is the fulfillment of all that the temple represents, the dwelling place of God and the salvation of God's people. Do you remember the story about Jesus getting lost as a boy? He went to Jerusalem with his parents for the festival of Passover. Mary and Joseph were on their return journey to Nazareth when they realized he actually wasn't with them. And they returned to go looking for him. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? 
in my Father's house. We heard those words a few weeks ago in Stuart's sermon when he explained that when Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many rooms and I go to prepare a place for you, in John 14, that Jesus was referring to the temple as the presence of God, just as Luke is here. While Jesus' ministry of teaching and healing actually begins in Galilee, almost 10 chapters of Luke's gospel is set on the way to Jerusalem. In chapter 9, Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem, embarking on the long journey that will bring salvation to humanity and also reflects the iconic long journey of the Hebrew people from Egypt to freedom. On this journey to Jerusalem, Jesus reveals the character of God's love is unconditional love that embraces all people. The parable of the prodigal son and the older brother is the culmination of this revelation on the way to Jerusalem. During the journey, Jesus also prepares the people for the transition from the temple to himself as the means of salvation and the place where God dwells. When Jesus arrives, he enters Jerusalem on a colt with the people shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus' first port of call in Jerusalem is the temple where he drives out the corrupt vendors who are taking advantage of the people coming to worship. He says they've made the temple a den of robbers. Jesus then takes his place as teacher in the temple while it becomes clear that the religious leaders are now plotting to kill him. Jesus teaches about what will happen, including the destruction of the temple, and of wars and insurrections, nation against nation, earthquakes, famines, plagues, dreadful signs from heaven. And then we pick up today's reading where Jesus refers to signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Does any of this resonate with what's happening in our world today? Our news is full of stories about war and insurrection, famines, earthquakes, distress among nations, confused by the behavior of the ocean. Does this mean that Jesus is coming again? Well, yes, because no matter in which time we live, no matter what is happening in our world or in our lives, Jesus Christ is the presence of God who comes to us each and every day as we experience the patterns of nature and human life that have been observed since ancient times. For everything there is a season, a time to live and to die, a time to weep and to laugh, a time for war and for peace. Returning to the question, is Jesus coming again in the clouds? We are asking a different question entirely. 
In the Bible, clouds are a metaphor for communication between heaven and earth. Cloud, at different times, both reveals God and conceals God. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, God speaks from the cloud during the transfiguration, that story when Jesus is on the mountaintop with a few of his disciples. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke also all refer to the Son of Man coming in a cloud as an image of Christ coming again. It doesn't say what kind of cloud or where or when. Encapsulated in Luke's gospel are paradoxes. These are ideas that sit alongside one another, perhaps like trains running on parallel tracks. They'll always run along together, but they will never meet. If they did, they would crash. And yet, these parallel ideas are equally true. Jesus has said in the preceding chapters, you will know the times and you won't know the times. This is a paradox. Jesus says the timing of the coming of the kingdom is unknown and unknowable, and yet here are the signs. This is also a paradox. So while the kingdom of God has come, it is also coming, and it is also here. People have anticipated the return of Jesus and the fulfillment of God's kingdom in every century since the time of Jesus. And a good case could be made for today that it's signifying the end of things, perhaps. Years ago, a traveling preacher came through our town with an end times, end times ministry that focused on Jesus coming very soon. He had the dates all sorted. He shared them with us. And I can tell you, those dates came and went a long time ago. You've probably encountered such teaching too, perhaps. Rather, we can be assured that human history is moving towards the fulfillment of all that God intended, and it's clear that we don't actually need to know how or when the end will come, or even if it will come in the way that we have imagined. What we do need to know is that Jesus comes. We need to know how to live as followers of Jesus as we live through times perhaps of destruction or tragedy or division, as well as when we live through times of peace. At home I have an old commentary on Luke and it was given to me by the Reverend John Tully. Many of you may have known John or have met him along the way. John was the founder of New Life Care, and he devoted his ministry to working with people with addictions, particularly gambling. He called this ministry at street level. I think John Tully would have had a great affinity with Luke's gospel because he was taking the message of salvation and wholeness to those who were struggling with life in a particular way. In the foreword of this commentary, it notes that the printing plates of the commentary survived World War II, and there may be some slight satisfaction to know that the work is appearing in the same form that aroused the displeasure of the Reich, that found its content so unpalatable. The foreword says, 
The world today, that is 1947, has much to learn from this gospel of mercy and love in its effort to recover from its illness of hate and oppression. So I wonder, how are we doing 75 years on? During world wars and in every other time of war, people have prayed, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus and bring us hope, just as Jesus encouraged his disciples who were about to face persecution from the Romans to have hope. Come Lord Jesus, help us to find hope in your promise of redemption for all who turn to you. Come, Lord Jesus, help us to find hope in your words that will not pass away. Help us to find hope as we stay alert to your presence with us and through our prayers. Help us to find hope in the strength that we already have, the spirit of life that indwells us. Help us to find hope in the reality of your coming. As we continue to pray, your kingdom come on earth as in heaven, help us bring hope to others as Christ's hands and feet caring for the oppressed, the lonely, the marginalized and the victimized. So whether we understand the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven to be what happens at the end of history what happens in the heart of believers now, what happens politically, or what is expressed through the church. Luke, reflecting Jesus' message, or expressing Jesus' message, bringing us Jesus' message, encourages us to seek out the lost so that they might receive salvation, wholeness, and the here and now experience of the kingdom of God. As we live through challenging and divisive times, how will we live with the hope that Christ has come to bring salvation to all? How will we embrace the lost and the lonely, the marginalized and the forgotten to bring the kingdom of God to fruition here and now, even as we wait for its fulfillment? Come Lord Jesus into our hearts and lives that we might be bearers of hope in our world. Amen. Would you like to stand and get ready to sing with the worship band? <laughs>